This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear friends in Christ, the man in today's gospel lesson is not doing well, either spiritually speaking or physically speaking. Physically, he's deaf, unable to hear. He's been living his entire life in a deafening silence. He never heard his mother sing to him. He never heard his father lead a prayer before a meal or before bed. He's never heard his friends playing. He's never heard anything at all. And since he's never heard a word or a sound, he has trouble speaking also. Sure, he can watch others speak. He can try to copy the movements of their mouth. But at best, he still has a speech impediment. And so physically, he's not doing well. And spiritually, well, the text doesn't really tell us, at least not at first. And that in itself is not good either. This man does have one thing going for him. He has friends, and his friends bring him into the presence of Jesus. As a quick side note, that's what evangelism is. Friends bringing their friends to Jesus, into his presence, into church. The friends bring this deaf man to Jesus because they love him. They desire a blessing for him. And so that's what they beg Jesus to do, to simply lay a hand upon him, bestowing his grace upon this man. Perhaps these friends themselves knew who Jesus was. Perhaps they themselves had heard the word of God, specifically the words of our Old Testament lesson from Isaiah chapter 29. Here's what they say. Yet a little while until Lebanon should be turned into a fruitful field. In that day, the deaf shall hear the words of a book and out of their gloom, the eyes of the blind shall see. His friends know that they are living in the Decapolis, a part of Lebanon. They have heard these words of Isaiah 29. In fact, if you look at the beginning of Mark chapter 7, where our gospel lesson is, Jesus just preached on Isaiah chapter 29 a few verses before our gospel lesson. He preached against the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the region of Tyre and Sidon. 
And so we're in Lebanon. Jesus, the word of God, preaches on Isaiah 29. And these friends hear that sermon. And they go home and they look up that chapter. And they read the rest. Where Isaiah says that the deaf will hear the book. And they say to themselves, Selves? We have a friend who can use the help of Jesus. So they bring their friend to Jesus, believing that the words of Isaiah might be fulfilled. That's the way that faith works after all. These friends heard Jesus' word. They believed Jesus' word. They read God's word from Isaiah 29. They understood who the Messiah was. It's Jesus. And they knew that the Messiah could make the deaf hear. It's so simple. It's so easy. And so they beg Jesus to help their friend. Now, you know Jesus. He always is wanting and willing to help. After all, he's the Messiah. So he does exactly what they ask him to do. He opens the ears of their friend. It starts with some rudimentary sign language. He points to the man's ears, sticking his fingers in them. He touches the man's tongue. And then he does something kind of weird. He speaks to a deaf man. He says, Ephatha, be opened. And when the word of God spoken by the Son of God in human flesh reaches that man's ears. Exactly what God's word says happens. It's just like the creation in a sense. God said, let there be light. God said, let there be trees. God said, let there be teams of living creatures. And when God's word said, let there be, there was. And now, when Jesus' word says, be opened, the ears of the deaf are opened. There's no doubt about it now. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord. When the miracle is accomplished, when Isaiah's words are fulfilled, when the deaf man hears the word of Jesus, He and his friends now confess 
They speak forth proclaiming what Jesus has done and who he is. Mark says it this way. They went out and said, he has done all things well. That almost sounds like creation as well. God looked at all that he had made and said that it was good. These men say the same thing. He's done good. In fact, they're so certain, they're so certain of who Jesus is, that they can't help but confess. Even when Jesus asks them to be quiet, they keep on going around telling people who Jesus is, what he has done. God in the flesh, the creator among us. For their friend was not well, but having heard the word of Jesus, now... He is saved. The word of God is powerful. And it's not just in this particular text that these sorts of things happen. Jesus speaks to ears that should not hear him all the time. Consider Lazarus, who was deaf and mute not for the same reasons in the land in our gospel lesson, but instead because he was dead. And he had been dead for a number of days. And he was in a tomb covered with rock underground. Jesus speaks a word to his dead ears. Lazarus, come forth. And he does. Or how about the little girl who had died and was still laying in bed when Jesus shows up with mourners all around. And Jesus says to her, little girl, I say to you, arise. And her dead ears hear and do exactly what God's word says. Jesus' word is powerful. Even deaf ears can hear it. Even dead ears can hear it. And when his word is heard and believed, the hearers are saved. Dear Christians, the truth is that all of us are and were in the same boat as that deaf man, as Lazarus, as that little girl. One time our ears were deaf to the word of Jesus. Our ears refused to hear any word that came from God. Our ears were open only to the temporal things of this world. And in that sense, our ears were dead to the word of God. Why? Because all of us were conceived and born sinful. All of us 
We're turned inward upon ourselves, unable to hear God's call of faith. We were born dead in our trespasses, separated from God, dead and deaf to his word. Consider your own life according to the Ten Commandments. God's word said one thing, but you believed another. God's word said, love your neighbor. Love them by not stealing from them or gossiping about them. But steal we did. Gossip we still sometimes do. God's word said, love your neighbor by not murdering them, not only physically, but also hating them. But our ears ignored those words. God's word says, love and honor your father and mother, along with all other authorities that he has put in place. But we plugged our ears. God said, don't commit adultery. Boy, adultery seems to surround us. God said, love your neighbors. Our ears ignored what he said. And God said more than just love your neighbors. He also said, love him. Love him by using his name properly to speak about doctrine and theology, to speak the truth always. But our ears ignored him. Love God by cutting out all other fake gods in your life so that there is one Lord and God of you. God's word said, love God by going to church, by hearing his word, by rejoicing in his word. But our sinful ears Tune out. Our sinful ears have been stopped up by sin, by our own evil, wicked thoughts and desires, by our own self-centered opinions and actions. Dear Christian, your sinful nature doesn't want you to hear God's word. It wants to be your own master and Lord. And if your sinful ears are prevented from hearing God's word while you're alive, what then? Do you expect Jesus to come and preach a specific sermon to you when you're dead in your grave, like he did with Lazarus? If your ears don't hear Christ's word while your heart's beating, will it hear Christ's word while you're dead? Will it really care 
when you're raised on the last day. So repent. Repent of tuning out God's word, of ignoring it, of avoiding it, of acting like it doesn't matter, that it's not important, that it doesn't matter. Repent now, today. Admit and confess your sin and hear the word of Christ. To you, Jesus speaks. Ephatha. To your ears, he says, be opened to my word. To your heart, he says, be forgiven. To your mouth, he says, speak, confessing me as Lord and Savior. To your sinful nature, he says, I have died for you. I have bled for you. My death is your death. My resurrection is your resurrection. And with his word, he makes a Christian spring up. With his word, he opens your ears to hear him. With his word, he looses your tongue to speak him. It's to you, dear sinner, that he calls. Be forgiven, for you are mine through the waters of holy baptism. I have made you my possession. To you he speaks, take and eat, this is my body, take and drink, this is my blood, and I give these things to you so that you may be made alive. To you he sends his word through the mouths of pastors, through the holy scriptures, so that by hearing, you may believe. God said, let there be light, and there was. When he says, be opened to your ears, exactly what he says happens. When Christ speaks to your ears, they are opened. They are glad to hear the word. They rejoice at it. When he says to your mouth, be opened, it sings and confesses the faith at the top of its lungs. When he restores your heart, it beats again, having been created within you by God. To show love. Like God's word says, love towards your neighbor and love towards God. The word of Jesus makes you alive. And you will stay that way by his grace. Even when your body dies in this world, even when it's dead and decomposed, buried underground, merely crumbling bones, you will still live with Jesus. 
And Christ will still speak to your ears again. Just as he did to Lazarus. He will speak to you, arise. Just as he did to the little girl. He'll say, get up out of this grave. Come and live forever and you will. His word will enter your ear. Come and receive the kingdom prepared for you from the very foundation of the world. And at his word, you'll go. At his word, you'll enter eternity. At his word, you'll receive the reward he has won. Dear Christian, your ears were stopped up, but the word of Jesus opens them. Now your tongue is loosed, so speak without impediment. Christ has saved you. He's sent his word to you. He's granted to you eternal life. The word of God brings you the forgiveness of Jesus. Forgiveness earned on the cross. Forgiveness earned by his blood. By his suffering. His word connects you to that day to that gift, to that blessing. Hear the word. Be glad for the word. Rejoice in Christ's word. In the name of Jesus, amen. This has been With Intrepid Hearts Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.